0: D20 Radio, your gamers role. 20 radiocom
1: Welcome to me and Steve Talk RPG, the podcast where me and my friend Steve try and help you get the most out of your role-playing game experience.
0: Welcome back to me and Steve Talk RPGs. It's me and my friend Steve. Hello. And we're talking RPGs today. And what is up, Gamer Nation? So, to kick things off, we didn't talk about what podcast we're talking for the week.
1: That's okay. I, I would had one in mind if, if you don't mind me just riffing. Nope, go ahead. <laughs> All right. So, this week's D20 Podcast of the Week is going to be, for a number of reasons, the Miskatonic University podcast, which is the D20's... Network's home for all things Call of Cthulhu and weird and horrifying, essentially. Um, They're a bunch of really cool people. Keeper Dave, Keeper Murph. I believe Keeper John just stepped away from the podcast, but he still hangs around the Discord a lot. But it's a really cool community. You know, they're into Call of Cthulhu and Alien and Vazen and all kinds of Troika, all kinds of just kind of, they do tend toward toward more horror games, but um, they like a lot of just weird stuff too. So if you want to check them out, that's the Miskatonic University podcast. And uh, as always, we'll we'll link them in the show notes.
0: Yeah, and honestly, Miskatonic University, one of my favorite places to go steal ideas from.
1: Yes, yes. I I was listening to an episode not too long ago, and I got an idea for, for something I want to do in either call of cthulhu or delta green which may just make it into the show later tonight
0: well yeah what we're gonna get into is uh as per listener request (laughs) we will be talking about the weirdest game ideas so this is a this is an example of why you need to be in our discord because here's what happened about 10 minutes before we started recording the show i put up a message in our discord about what do you want to talk about and i put in that it will explode in 10 minutes it will disappear we did have one of our listeners type up, say, hey, we want we want to hear you talk about the weirdest game ideas. All right, cool. I then deleted the message that stated that I was going, going to, uh, you know, we were looking for listener ideas. So you need to be in our Discord so you know when I'm in there going, hey, we don't know what to talk about for this week, so we need an idea.
1: <laughs> All this because I asked Steve three days ago, what are we going to talk about this week?
0: And I said, I'll get back to you. (laughs) (laughs) And that perfectly describes my life right now.
1: Well, you know what? I mean, it's one of those things, though. Sometimes it's like you've got ideas, but it's like, you know, sometimes you just don't want to do something deep.
0: No. And sometimes I just want to know what you guys want to hear about. Because, you know, like I can sit here and we can sit here and talk to ourselves all day long. But the fact of the matter is, is that, I just want to know what you want to talk about. What do you want to hear us talk about? Seriously, come into our Discord. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us that you don't like our face. I don't care. Like,
1: <laughs> there's a reason I chose to do an audio podcast.
0: I know it's it's I have a face for radio. It's great. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, so weirdest game ideas. Do you want to kick things off? Do you have a weird game idea? Or let me put it this way. Let me rephrase it a little bit. What's a game that you think has a weird starting concept?
1: The first one that comes to mind, and I'm basing this solely on the one playthrough I've heard of it, and I know absolutely nothing about the game itself, but would be Troika.
0: Fair enough. Troika, yeah, Troika does have a bit of an odd, weird concept to it. I'll say mine. Go ahead. I think mine is probably going to be Slay Industries. I get that. It, it... It's not a super hard concept to get your head around, but it is weird and alien in a lot of ways.
1: Well, that and that, and you have the original book, so you'll know what I'm talking about. But Mr. Slayer is vaguely reminiscent of like an angry Michael Jackson. Yeah, with no nose, which ironically happened long after the book was published. But anyway.
0: Yeah, and and the base concept of Slay Industries, where it's like either kill or be killed but you're doing it for the views and the ratings like that is so weird and cool and twisted in in just all the all the right ways
1: yeah kind of a well early 90s britain i think they actually game came out of scotland and in a way i think probably probably on some level drew a little inspiration from like running man
0: yeah running man and other ideas but still the the art for it and the world that they've built around it this weird alien like it is it is really if like an iron maiden album cover became a world in a lot
1: of ways i'll give you that
0: i really look at it and go like if if iron maiden album covers became like an rpg it would probably become slay industries
1: that's fair
0: <laughs> yeah i can see I that i can hear the i can hear the cogs in your brain turning like i what? Well, you know, thought about it like that <laughs>
1: I haven't read it, but Keyforge is weird.
0: Keyforge is weird. Keyforge has some really cool ideas. I touched the game for all of like two seconds, and I haven't actually touched the Genesis book for it. I know the actual game itself was, was really good, and and it had some interesting like if you're into sword and sorcery it was an interesting take on that not maybe my tu- my cup of tea but hey everybody's got their own thing that's a cool twist on sword and sorcery stuff i played a a, a a
1: game of it or something with a mutual friend of ours who had a couple of decks of it but yeah it's it's just different
0: it kind of it kind of gives me like a little bit of maybe a goofier aberron vibe fair like with the world setting and everything it, it's not quite as dark and noir it's a little bit more like a little more he-man and a little less like noir
1: <laughs> yeah wow yeah I, weird is is such a, a a strange thing to define though i mean do you know and I, I think maybe you know because i do like i do like weird things in, in, in my rpgs you know that is kind of kind of a draw for me For lack of, you know, to me that's, you know, I've said it before, to me Call of Cthulhu, well it is a horror game, it is a game about weird stuff. And so to a certain point, I'm of the opinion that unless you're a purist, Call of Cthulhu doesn't need to be run necessarily per the lore to have fun with it, it can just be about weird stuff happening and you're trying to figure it out.
0: Yeah, Call of Cthulhu or, you know, Delta Green is sort of the same way.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. Call of Cthulhu, because I think of the nature of the the PCs, maybe lends itself to a little less serious take a little easier. You know, where your PCs in Delta Green typically would be agents or more hardened individuals, you know, where in Call of Cthulhu they could be just literally anything, not that you couldn't adapt Delta Green to do that, but wow, weird.
0: Yeah, I, I just had one hit me that we talked about. I, I picked this game of the week for a while ago, Um, Invisible Sun. <laughs> I was just yeah. thinking of that. Invisible Sun has, like, I don't know about the game itself, obviously, because I haven't, haven't really touched it, but Invisible Sun, when you want to talk about weird, it's weird, <laughs> man.
1: Well, yeah, the, the artwork is very
0: weird in itself, like, yeah. Uh, Dark Sun the D&D setting is a weird weird game like what if I like it I like Dark Sun too, but it's it's sort of like what if Mad Max but Dungeons and Dragons
1: yeah well you know Dark Sun is one of those settings too though I hear a lot of people who normally proclaim their disdain for D&D go except for Dark Sun if they made Dark Sun, I'd buy it for 5v. I
0: think because it, it's sort of like our taste for Eberron. It brings this really nice, really different twist to it. It's sort of got that like Coden the Barbarian vibe very much, you know? Conan had a lot of the same feelings that Dark Sun brings is that raw, you know, just the scorching, bright desert and the way the characters are dressed. And a lot of a lot of the art around Dark Sun brings a lot of that, like Conan the Barbarian or like I said, what if Mad Max put Dungeons and Dragons, you know, stuff like that. Like, yeah. And it's so. Alien, where Dungeons and Dragons isn't that alien. Like, yes and no, but it's not like there are a lot of things in Dark Sun that are really weird. You know what I mean?
1: I think Dark Sun just breaks all, or maybe not all, but so many of the common fantasy tropes. And then also going back to when it was being published in second edition, you know, it mechanically was moderately different from the rest of DD. I mean, I know your strength score, I believe all your attributes went up higher. Um, You know, they they really did some things from a mechanical standpoint that were not the same as as the rest of the game.
0: Well, I think Dark Sun was one of those things where it was about maybe one or two iterations from being not Dungeons & Dragons, not being an actual D&D module and just being its own RPG. And I wonder if it would have done better as its own RPG... You know, even saying with the monolith that is Dungeons & Dragons, Dark Sun doesn't have any love from the mainstream because it didn't really take off. Because it did change Dungeons & Dragons in, the, in these ways. And that's not me saying that, you know, oh, we're underground or anything like that. But you have to acknowledge that we're not huge D&D fans and we like the weirder RPGs. And because of that, it is we are in, in sort of a elite few. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, well, at least a few. Yeah. <laughs> um, now it, you know, it has. That was actually the first D and D I ever played was Dark Sun. You know, and so I mean, it for me, it's it's kind of got a nostalgic thing to it. And my under, they did apparently release some stuff for it in fourth edition, but I think w- that may well have been kind of the last thing that that TSR really made, so to speak, new for for D and D before they got bought up.
0: Yeah there's weird games and then there's weird game concepts (laughs) and i think you have a couple weird game concepts i have a couple weird game concepts and and honestly i want to talk to some people about one i i really have been toying around with and i don't know how it would work and i don't want to make a bunch of people mad i i want to run a vampire game and not necessarily vampire the masquerade i might have to find a different system to run this vampire game I told you about this a while ago. I want to run a vampire game in sort of a post-apocalyptic world where humans are almost extinct. Mm -hmm. And so vampires are trying to... So if you're playing a vampire, you're trying to find your next meal and you know take care of anything that might be your next meal. And if you're playing a human, you are trying to not be the next meal. And I kind of want to see if I can find... I want to see if I can find a either I run it in Vampire the Masquerade or I run it in something else. But I want to try and find a system to run that in. And I don't know what the best system for that be.
1: Yeah, that, that sounds interesting. I half wonder, just because it, it is very much a post-apocalyptic thing and it's free. It's something I think you actually brought it up at Game of the Week way, way back in, in like one of the single-digit episodes called um, Atomic Highways.
0: I thought about that too. Atomic Highways, see, I was thinking a little bit less vehicular movement, but Mm -hmm. that's one of the big strengths of Atomic Highways is that it's got a really great really got really good vehicular stuff in it and that's one of the things that i was mm. actually reading about it and really liking but maybe I, I don't know i need to do a little bit this isn't this isn't a full-fledged idea as of yet but it is definitely something that i like the idea i've been toying around with it and i need to actually get it flushed out before i can commit to anything as far as it being an actual game
1: but that's fair well i have one and and this was actually uh, what i mentioned earlier. It was inspired by hearing something on uh, the Miskatonic University podcast. And one of the things they do every now and then is they go through some of these old classic Call of Cthulhu scenarios that, I mean, there are just so many of them out there. And they're put out in in various compilations and anthologies, and they're all over the place if you look for them. But there's this one, and it's called The Code, and it's this weird thing about this, like... Almost like a, like a dive suit type thing or whatever that's a time machine, but you have to have the code to make it work right. And, and there's a whole thing about, about the setup of how you get the players there and everything else. But the idea of this suit as a time machine in my brain went, okay, so again, this isn't a purist Call of Cthulhu idea, but what if you mix this concept with Back to the Future?
0: That could be fun.
1: And so now, I mean, you could literally have this suit be the DeLorean. <laughs> or if you didn't want to do it that way, you could even, you know, and you still wanted to play, we'll say, you know, 1950s, you know, you could have it be this this old hot rod, like Willie's Coop or something like that. But, you know, very much kind of take this adventure and turn it into a Call of Cthulhu tribute to Back to the Future.
0: Yeah, could be neat.
1: Hey, I have an idea yeah. for a game. What do you got? Let's let's have an idea about losing, or a game about losing ideas and having <laughs> to go find them.
0: Oh, man. You, you know, all right. So speaking of that, that, that got me back on track. Um, well, not necessarily <laughs> back on track, but on a different track. So, you know. Uh, <laughs> Paranoia. Tracks have been found. Tracks but... have been found. I don't know it's the same ones, but I don't know. They're going in a direction. Paranoia is a weird game.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Paranoia is a game, you know, and everything I've seen of Paranoia is all about like it, it, it a lot of the actual story around Paranoia is pretty awesome. You live on essentially like a like a prison planet or or a lot of the stories I've heard is people live on a prison planet and your whole goal is to not break the rules, but no matter what you do, you're going to break the rules. So it's all about Big Brothers watching you and watching what you're doing and how much worse things can get. Paranoia is a really cool game, man. I, I, I've i talked about it before, and I've talked about how I'd like to play it. And I really would like to play it because I think it could be a lot of fun. Because some of the most fun stuff is where you have players that are trying to hide things from one another. But they're trying to hide things that are becoming increasingly obvious. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that could be a really cool, fun game. And I think Paranoia as a world has a really cool idea. I I think one of the... Oh, uh, you had a... I'm going to steal yours. You had a cool idea. Okay. You had suggested, and I don't know what system you suggested you play it in, where everybody rolls up a character and then... Or maybe it wasn't you. I want to say it was... I don't know. I want to say it was maybe you. Everybody rolls up a character and then passes their character sheet to the left...
1: Okay, I know the idea of mine that you're thinking of. Okay. But you're yes. going in a different direction with it. Alright,
0: so go with yours, because my idea is just that everybody rolls up a character and then passes it to the left and watches your neighbor react to the character that you just made. But you don't tell the you don't tell the table beforehand. You just let them make their characters.
1: That that could be amusing too. No, my idea, and this actually there's also a game that would kind of work for this, is that, that I brought up in Game of the Week a I don't know, a month or two ago called Wield. But my idea was that and, and you can do this with D&D or, or pretty much any game that would, in some form or other, have sentient magic weapons. You have people make their characters, and then you have them make their character a sentient magic weapon. And then once they've created said magic weapon, you give the magic weapon to your neighbor at the table. So your neighbor is playing your weapon.
0: There it is. That was the idea that I was trying to remember. I'm like, you had a cool idea, and I can't remember what it was.
1: But, you know, obviously, like I said, you don't tell them about that prior till, okay, now hand that sheet to your, your buddy.
0: Yeah. Like I said, I think that could be fun with even just, even with just a fun, like D&D one shot of everybody rolls up a character. All right, now pass it to the left. Wait, what? But, but.
1: <laughs> you could even do the same thing. Like if, if you have, um, call it like, uh, uh, familiars or, you know, animal companions or something like that. Yeah. Or, what do they call them, you know, like a, a minion or a sidekick, whatever, where, you know, so to speak, yeah, you're technically playing two characters, but it's it's just a way to, like, mess with the person next to you in a good-natured way, because everyone's going to do, you know, the whole table's going to be doing it to each other.
0: Yeah, I think a, a game with some, you know, I enjoy serious games, I do, but sometimes you just got to have fun in a good-natured way, and you just got to relax... And, and sometimes that means doing something a little bit goofier than what you would normally. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe you really enjoy the super serious games, but take a break from them once in a while and enjoy something that's not super serious. Like, let's enjoy a game that's just us goofing around for a couple hours. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and, and that's where I like games. I like to play games that are serious and have serious tones and get, you know, Uh, This is the grimdark part. But that's why I enjoy when we get to a point where our characters can finally breathe and relax. That's why I'm always like, oh, good. Okay, we're at this point where the character that I'm playing can finally, like... I can take a step back. I don't have to be super serious at this point in time. I can relax as a character. And not necessarily relax per se as in, like... You know, maybe there's some kind of shenanigans going on. But I mean, like not everything has to be the world ending problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes it's fun to just not have to deal with the world ending and you just want to deal with like petty crime for a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, now
1: you're, you're actually, I was going to say, keep going. You gave me an idea though. I'm trying to find something.
0: Okay. Um, I had, I had heard an idea for a, uh, one shot for D and D, which, you know, we've talked about D and lot and for one shots and every now and again, if you have a group of players that know how to play that and you have everything ready to go, you just do it. Um, I like the idea of like, I heard a one shot that was basically everybody rolls up characters and they run into like a lich or some sort of super powerful being that turns them all, turns all the characters into goblins. And now they have to go into the city and steal an item to get them back out or to get their, their character sheets back. And, you know, just, just something silly like that, I think could be a lot of fun and it's not super, super silly, but it is, it is a fun, goofy character concept. You know, it's a fun, goofy game.
1: Yeah. Now the, uh, the idea that came to me was, um, there's a one page RPG out there that I know you've heard of called everyone is John yes <laughs> and for those who haven't heard of it there's a one page out there that's free it's actually um, public domain I believe or whatever the appropriate thing but the the premise of this is everybody plays a different aspect of this character psyche and then you bid for control of the body and so it it can go really crazy and I've heard it played a couple of times various ways but um. There's also a version of it that's a bit expanded. Uh, <laughs> that's on on Drive Through from Gamer Nation Studios, and one of the people involved was GM Chris from Order sixty six in the Forge. And GM Chris, he's everywhere.
0: GM Chris.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's a there's a PDF of it. I just found it on Drive Through for six bucks.
0: Yeah, and if you if you're thinking why would I pay for a PDF of this game, no, you got to understand they took a one page RPG and turned it into what. 48 pages?
1: 64. 64.
0: To the... Yeah. Yeah, we took a one-page RPG, turned it into 64 pages. It is worth $6. I have a copy of this. It's worth $6. I I love that game because it reminds me of... Have you ever heard of the movie Being John Malkovich?
1: Yes, although I've never actually watched it.
0: Okay, the idea of Being John Malkovich is basically... This guy finds a... like cubby hole in his office that leads into John Malkovich's head, the actor John Malkovich. And so like they get to basically like run around see what John Malkovich sees. He can hear the people in his head. like <laughs> it's it's weird and when I was younger I didn't get it and I didn't like the movie, but now I acknowledge it because it is sort of a genius like weird funny movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and that's what everybody is. John reminds me of is reminds me of being John Malkovich.
1: It could very well have been the original inspiration. Who knows?
0: It could have been. It's just yeah. It's just one of those things where it just reminds me of that, and I'm like, ooh, that's a that's a fun movie, and that's a game concept that man, I I want to get that played at some point.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you really want to get into weird stuff, I mean, there's the one page stuff has got to be full of just. I mean, there's Trash Pandas, <laughs> which is, at least, again, I've I've not even gone to look for it, but the one time I heard it played was actually on Critical Role, and they were a bunch of, basically, gearhead raccoons, etc., street racing in Los Angeles. And, I mean, you put that crew to that concept, and it was a riot.
0: Yeah. There's... Especially
1: because that was the one Sam
0: ran. Oh, jeez. I'll have to look that up. I'll have to try and listen to that, because... Anyways, um, there's just a ton of... Like, that's a very, very dense topic of weird RPGs because you could go in a lot of directions with that. Oh, yeah. And what I might find weird, you might not find weird. You know what I mean? And and that's, a, that's another thing where it's like, oh, what's a weird game? Okay, well, this is weird to me. Well, that's not that... Well, that's kind of weird, but I don't know. I would think more along the lines of this. Like... <laughs>
1: Yeah, like like when you brought up Slay, to me it's a it's a post-apocalyptic kind of ish sci-fi cyberpunk turned up to eleven. Yeah, to me, I don't see it as weird, but I understand where you're where you're coming from. You know, then again, you have the whole concept of of the weird war settings. You know, be it World War One or World War Two. And adding weird stuff like the 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 never going home that you brought up a couple weeks ago.
0: Yeah, or um, Deadlands. Deadlands is a yeah weird setting. What if what if Wild West? But what if Wild West but Call of Cthulhu? Or you know what if Wild West but magic? That's a
1: well. That's I was going to say there are a couple versions of there's uh, Deadlands Reloaded I think which is bringing it up to kind of more of a. Kind of a Mad Maxy version of Deadlands, I think.
0: Yeah, and that could be fun. Again, you know, going back to sort of Dark Sun or or that idea of like Mad Max with magic, that would be neat. Morkborg is a really dark, really weird game, you know, but it's super popular, and it's I'm glad that it's super popular. It's amazing, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah.
1: It, well, I think that's weird in the concept that. You're really your characters are effectively disposable and that's part of the premise of the game.
0: Well that and and the world is weird. The world is dark and twisted and weird. Mm-hmm. I can't get into a lot of it because it's it's sort of over our rating, but the world is, is that like it's dark, it's twisted, it's it's a weird world that that the characters live in, and, and just because they're disposable like that says a little bit more about it says a little bit more about why what makes that world weird. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, eh, weird, like is is kind of subjective, but I mean, like, but then do you get to, you know, like weird character concepts? Like I always said and and you know, for those who aren't familiar with the older versions of d and d, specifically second edition, this will kind of you'll be like what the heck are you talking about but i think you'll you'll understand this steve and i always said i wanted at one point i really wanted to play a halfling who thought he was a paladin
0: (laughs) oh man oh
1: (laughs) you know like was completely convinced that he was a paladin but was just a fighter
0: You know what the sad part is, is if you'd have played that, by the end of that campaign, he would have been a paladin. (laughs) He would have actually been a paladin. I would have just been quietly like, eh, you believe this hard enough, this is starting to work.
1: (laughs) You know, uh, or, you know, stuff like that, or, or, you know, I always...
0: Well, to talk about D&D, Grave Clerics. Yeah. They're kind of weird. They are weird. They're, they're a bit weird. It's like... It's not an anti-cleric, which is like, you know, an anti-cleric is like, oh well, clerics are typically good and and holy. I'm the reverse of that, you know. A grave cleric is more of like, I'm just sort of not about living. You know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah, well, that goes ties into the Raven Queen though, which is a little weird in its own way because she's really not concerned with. Whether things live or die, it's... She's in charge of that process. Yeah. Which is a bit weird, I suppose.
0: It's it's a weird take, so...
1: Yeah, yeah, there's... I mean, and and then you get into sci-fi weird, and there you're... I mean, where can't you go?
0: Yeah, exactly. Where, where can't you go in sci-fi that's weird? I don't know. There's a lot of just... Weird is a fun concept and it's something that i think if you don't have if you don't have weird in your story you're sort of lacking and in my opinion
1: that's fair i think you need a certain amount of weird because it translates to unknown
0: yes and the unknown is what keeps people involved
1: yeah yeah or the desire to know the unknown yeah but yeah that's wow you know, another kind of a weird concept that I had. And you'd have to know the Palladium system a little bit, the Riffs engine specifically. But, okay, Rifts in the, the, the core book has rules for people to play as a hatchling dragon. Now, mind you, they start with, like, I want to say 400 MDC, which, to put that in human terms, is roughly 4,000 hit points. Okay. Plus, they get magic and they're crazy strong. And then, you know, as they get older, they only get worse. So I always joked that I would let someone play a hatchling dragon as long as they played them as being deathly afraid of being involved in any sort of combat. (laughs) And I have a friend, or had a friend in, in college and in contact with him to this day, who begged me to let him play that character concept.
0: I like it. So I would have actually taken that a little bit of a different direction. Um, But I I like the fact that you were like, no, you have to be like deathly afraid of going into combat. I think the direction I would have taken that is when you do magic, I get to pick what magic comes out. (laughs) Sort of like there was a, I, I don't believe it's true. They used to say that like, baby snakes were always the most dangerous because they couldn't control how much venom went into their bites. Sort of that idea of like, you could be super dangerous, but you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. You know, I I like, I mean, like I said, sci-fi, the options for weird are just, I mean, they're literally limited only by your imagination. You know, you could, any sort of world setting anything and i keep seeing torg come up in my brain and i know that was kind of a it's kind of a weird sci-fi game typically i believe i'm not 100 percent certain
0: i'm gonna i don't know torg
1: i've heard of it i've never actually like seen it oh i've
0: seen torg okay yes i've seen torg i had to look it up to be like what is torg torg is the one that has yeah that's a weird sci-fi game Weird fantasy game, almost could be fun. I don't know anything about it.
1: Yeah, I I don't either. I mean, it's it is what it is, though. You yeah, know, but yeah, sci-fi. I mean, you could you could you know play a game where you know the humans are the invaders.
0: Yeah. Um. Ooh, I got one that's not sci-fi. Uh huh. Uh, Mouse Guard or kind of any yeah. of the like Underdark stuff where you're playing creatures that are tiny.
1: Yeah, um, Root. Yeah. The RPG. But yeah, there's so much, and I mean, then you get into, you know, you've got, I mean, urban fantasy is a big genre right there, and that opens up a ton of weird, you know, to be able to play with. Gosh, you know, well, you know, your game of the week, the just the episode or two ago, uh, Paranormal Affairs Canada. By the very definition, it's about weird.
0: Yeah, yeah, anything to do with, like, cryptozoology stuff, that's weird.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Now idea just came back to me.
0: Okay, good. (laughs) Glad. (laughs) Glad I could help you with that big word that I know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I had the idea of, okay, so there's a number of different titles out there that would deal with basically monster hunters or cryptozoology hunters, you know, people hunting Bigfoot or, or whatever. But what about if you played a game, it was like that, except you played Bigfoot trying to avoid the
0: hunters. (laughs) Oh, that could be fun. Or,
1: or any, any sort of, you know, somewhat, you know, kind of like, I guess to a certain point, that's, that's part of what like Vampire the Masquerade is, is trying to appear human. But you know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah, yeah, that could be fun.
1: But you know, the idea of, you know, you play Bigfoot and you have to get away from the hunters, but you have to try and do it in a way that you know like you can't leave evidence but you want to mess with them
0: you know what i mean oh yeah well so i think i think with that let's get into some weird games that we would recommend for maybe game of the week okay game of the week game of the week game of the week So, I'll kick things off because I just learned this exists, and I'm super excited that it exists, and I'm very excited to talk about it. So, I learned today, and I I knew that there was one out there, I just didn't know that Russ Morrissey had a part in it. The Judge Dredd and the Worlds of 2000 AD tabletop game? Uh, Sign me up, I'm in, I'm sold. I, like... (laughs) 2000 AD, you want to talk about a world that's got a weird setting, that system, or that world is awesome and British and weird in all of the right ways. And Judge Dredd especially, like, it, it's not, you know, Judge Dredd's one of those things that, that's been done wrong in the past, but Judge Dredd in 2000 AD is dark and gritty and grimy and... The there was a movie that came out a couple years ago with Carl uh, Urban called Dread. It was really good. It was sorta of getting close to what Judge Dread actually is, but it wasn't quite there. Um, but Judge Dread is just super dark and super awesome, and I'm excited. I'm gonna get my hands on that. It's on drive RPG for the PDF for like twenty bucks. I'm getting my hands on that sooner rather than later, because that is so cool, man.
1: And I do know because I didn't realize you weren't aware of it. I have a Quick Start that's on there. Is free or pay what you want. I know it's there.
0: Yeah, I'll pick it up too, probably. But I'm definitely gonna get the full game because that's just I. I knew there was a. I knew there was a Judge Dread game. I just didn't know that Russ Morrissey was part of it. And because they are attached to that, that sold me on it because. I've never seen a bad product of theirs. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, it uses their, his um, what's old is new system, which I've read a little bit of it. Uh, I picked up the kind of generic PDFs he has of it. He has three. He has the old, which is more of a fantasy, modern, and then a sci-fi version of it. Anyway, I know there's three. I think there's, yeah, I think there's fantasy, modern, and, and future. But in any case, I picked it up, and it appears, I, I read a little bit of it, it appears very much to be kind of very much a love letter to the old West End, now Open D6 system, although not you know it, it has been modified, added to, enhanced, if you will.
0: Not a problem at all, because I sort of like that West End, old school Star Wars system, so.
1: Yeah, and uh, I know there's a bunch of supplements out for it, too like some adventure paths and some stuff like that.
0: I was noticing that as I was poking around that there's a bunch of supplements and stuff. And so that's my game of the week. What do you got, Steve?
1: Well, in the spirit of weird, have you heard of Santa Vaca? No. So I'm not even sure if this is a game, to be (laughs) completely honest.
0: (laughs) This is a good start. It's a good start to things. Well... The
1: full title is Santa Vaca, a hack of the world's most popular RPG. What this is, is game designer John Wick, known from like 7th C and and so forth, basically opened up the Dungeons & Dragons SRD and went, okay, what can I change around, turn upside down, and just do different things with? Okay. And so what this is, is effectively taking all the things that were, if you will, the sacred cows of D&D and doing something else with them. You know, he's saying it's got a whole new system to use the standard D20, new way to use abilities, new ways to use alignment, new way to use armor class, hit points, pretty much anything on a character sheet, an altered alternate system using D6s instead of D20, two new magic systems, all this in 80 pages.
0: Hmm.
1: And it's only six bucks. For the PDF,
0: yeah, that's that's going on the the short list because I might be able to I don't know maybe at some point just throw that down at the table that we play at, at once a month that is just strictly D and D they might actually give that a try because it's just D and D here it's a weird D and D homebrew thing and they might actually buy that
1: yeah like I said it, it you know. I don't know if for no other reason than like you said, you know, there there are those tables out there that they only want to do D and D, and so hey, it's a way to to do something different, which is kind of the whole point, you know. To me, role playing games have always been the thing about them that I like so much is that your only limit is your imagination. Oh yeah, but yeah, there's actually a quote on this this the listing for this Santa Vaca. And it says, this is apparently a quote from, from Wick, and it says, For some reason or another, I was thinking, could I change d d without changing the character sheet? After a short while, I said, yeah, I could.
0: Very cool. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and shout out. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Discord, again, still soon coming, TikTok, Facebook at... Uh, Me and Steve RPGs, or Me and Steve RPG podcast, Twitter at and RPGs, Discord at Me and Steve RPGs.
1: Yeah, links for that's all in the show notes. Yep,
0: links for all all that in the show notes. We have some very cool stuff coming up and some very cool stuff coming out, so keep an eye out for that. Um, Big things coming this summer. We're making plans for this summer. Yeah, just want to say that now and get that out there. Actual plays eventually coming back. Go ahead, sir.
1: I was saying, by the time anyone hears this, Bad Batch will be out.
0: Yes, Bad Batch will be out by the time anyone hears this. I got to, just to tag on a little bit at the end here, you know what's a fun movie? It's not amazing, but it's a fun movie if you're into R-rated action movies. Mortal Kombat came out over the weekend, and it was really good because it was just Mortal Kombat. Um,
1: I heard some talk about that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's. I don't know if what you've heard has been positive, but I really liked it.
1: Okay. Uh, what I've heard is kind of just mixed, but that it's Mortal Kombat and, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's the other... Yeah, we were talking about weird stuff, and it was in my head, and then it left, and now it's back. What the heck was that name of that Peter Jackson movie from a couple years ago with the, the, the city... Mortal Engines.
0: Mortal Engines. Yeah, that's a weird... You could pull... I, You know, that would make a really good Atomic Highways game.
1: Hmm. I have yet to see it. I, I saw the previews and I was like, ooh. Yeah. And I always forget to look for it to see if it's on like any of the streaming services or
0: anything. I haven't looked for it recently. I know when it came out, everybody was like, this would have been really cool if not for X, Y, and Z. And I was sort of bummed because X, Y, and Z were like, oh man, I wish you wouldn't have said that. You know what I mean? Well,
1: but like... To me, that's a game that, because like I saw the trailers and I went, "Ooh, there's gaming fodder there."
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that's a whole like, again, we we've I think we've had the discussion before about stealing ideas, but that's a whole thing we could have another whole topic on stealing ideas. Yeah, yeah. But we do want to remind you to get out there and play some RPGs and be kind to one another. Yep. and outro music by the band 12 noon you can email us at me and at gmail.com you can also find us at facebook.com slash me and steve thank you and be kind to each other how much for the cigar cigar 20 bucks dog you gotta go down the street to the store and buy that Thanks, Jesse.